You're listening to Read Between the Letting with Aaron Heath and Matt McInerney. It's July 18th, 2009. Today we have Jose Scalioni and Veronica Boran of Type Together on. We'll be talking to them about type education, custom type work, and designing type for different mediums. It's going to be a great episode. Stay tuned. Just a quick note before we start the show, we had a recording crash during the interview, so we had to resort to a backup single track for the recording. We weren't able to edit out a few background noises and Skype artifacts, but otherwise, it was a great conversation. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy. Alright everybody, welcome to Read Between the Letting. Today on the show we have Veronica and Jose of Type Together. So could you start and give us a little bit of history, how you got into type design, a little bit about your education, your background... Basically, um, I first started into uh, the graphic design business. I even did some advertising. Um, And then I got into multimedia and web design, web development, and a lot of technical stuff like that Uh, after working with Pixels uh, for uh, about four or five years. I got really tired of it and uh, decided to... Uh, go back to basically uh, book printing and paper and ink and web presses and stuff like that. And typography seemed uh, at the moment like a very nice choice to, to get back to, to that kind of field. Right, and I uh, started um, as an industrial designer. I studied in Munich in Germany and um, was then working a bit in Munich and then in Italy at a product design studio. Um, however, I kind of got very disillusioned with this whole process of, you know, this idea of changing the world and all that, of course, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And was too much of deadlines and manufacturers being very mean and you didn't, you couldn't really try ideas out. And so um, I got more involved with um, graphic designs for that studio. I got through that, interested in type and, and particularly through a friend who has a really great design studio in Milan. He is a total type nerd and um, he kind of just showed me, you know, what it's all about a little bit and we did some project together and, and he showed me FontLab and uh, I then started to to have a look around on the web if I could do a master's. I wanted to go back to university for a year doing a master's. And um, actually, my then ex-boyfriend, he found this uh, master class in Reading uh, type design. Uh, and I thought, I thought wow, that's, that's a really cool opportunity to basically combine this new... Um, uh, yeah, this, this idea of me wanting to be... Uh, or to uh, involve myself more with type and also to get away um, from work, from this 9 to 8 or working, you know, 15 hours, which actually didn't really happen because in Reading I was working like mad. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's where I am now. <laughs> so did you... Uh did you start working on type before you got you started with your master's? Like, were you already a, f- a few type phases I'll, in, or what? What was your experience before you went? Um, not very much. And if if I would still have that file, which I don't, fortunately, I would I would just 
uh, scream, you know, how bad <laughs> it would be. Um, so I just had a little project with um, this friend of mine, and uh, basically it was more, it was an idea to learn FontLab, that, that how it was really helpful for mm -hmm. me. So I did know FontLab a little bit, and I had a certain idea about type, but not very much really, and that was all that happened then in Reading, and um, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even draw letters really well. All those, uh, wow. yeah, so. So, so you guys <laughs> both went to Reading, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, correct. Uh, and Reading is one of the very few schools that offers a type design program. Also, is that correct? Yeah. Yes. So at that time, sorry, at at that time, it was I think the only masters. I mean, at that time, I'm saying when I started was 2002. That was the only master you could do academically oh, wow. in type design, I think. No? Jose, do you, um, uh, I, I, I think uh, it was the only one for quite a while. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. when uh, the one in Den Haag started, um, but uh, I, I'm not even sure that if that is a master's degree or anything like that. I think by now it is, but I'm, I'm not sure about that. But at that time it surely wasn't. So yeah. what do you each feel like is your uh, is the the best thing you got out of Reading when it comes to type design? What do you think the um, like what do you think the 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 one mind even if it's a small thing like the thing you learned that really kind of you went wow about? Well, for for me at least, uh, in Reading it was very good because um, you learn how to research and how to write, how to do academic writing. And that I think uh, it gives you um, a different approach to certain problems uh, related to type design. So in, in Reading, there was this, at that time even more than it's now, I think, a focus on writing and researching, and, and I, I really enjoyed that, although the writing itself was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> but, um, uh, <laughs> now, did you guys have to create a typeface and then write papers in that in your own typefaces? Yes. Because then if they, you know, it really showed you, especially if they were longer papers, like if it was going to put a strain on the eyes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Reading has has this focus on text typography now, so we were not allowed to do any kind of fancy display fonts. It, it really had to be classic typography. So that's perhaps a difference with Den Haag. And well, honestly, I'm not exactly sure how 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 their um, master works in Den Haag. So. I think it is it is more fun in the Hague. They have more fun than we did. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's yeah, around a lot it's more, but, uh, but but I think we we had a, a a good share of fun in Reading as well. So nowadays, you know, everyone has a computer, and, and we have a lot of people experimenting with creating type on their own. Do you mm -hmm. think that that's possible, or do you think I understand? Obviously, going to a school like Reading for a master's in type design is extremely more beneficial. But do you think uh, do you think a degree in type design is necessary? And if if not, is that why we don't see more programs for type design out there? I think it's uh, you. You as as you can surely be a very good type designer without having to go through Reading or Dan Hague or whatever other um, design class. However, uh, it 
more of a solitary experience and much more difficult. You don't have resources at hand as the feedback from people who are very experienced, which I think is very, very important um, to just to talk, you know, to show right. your yeah. stuff to people. And um, so in that sense, it's, it's like a, I, I found that in that one year I learned so much. And, and so I think if you try to do it on your own, it wouldn't be like that because you have to have your work. And then trying to do type at 10 o'clock at night or over the weekends is really tough. Yeah, I think it can be very tiring. So uh, having that one year, just focus and having the luxury really of uh, that, that one year um, does um, does help of becoming uh, a good type designer. And I'm sure in many ways it's much easier for people, you know, to just take a step outside and like work on a display face than a than a text face. You know, I imagine yeah. that text faces are much more challenging. Definitely. Yes, uh, for for text faces, uh, there are a bunch of um, separate problems that are very specific, um, and actually testing a text typeface while you are designing it, uh, it requires uh, that you learn how to look at it. Actually, will you uh, tell us a little bit about how you have te you know, uh, tested your typefaces and, and uh, how they're bred in different mediums and maybe different ways you might print them and stuff like that? Right. Um, well, uh, we basically we try always to think uh, in which scenario we are... Um, we're trying to to see our, our typefaces uh, being used. For instance, uh, when we start a design, we we don't really say, "Okay, I want to do um, a, a typeface with a with a nice serif." We say something like, uh, "We want to do a typeface that is for uh, magazine printing, for instance." Uh, so we know from the very beginning that this there are some characteristics that are necessary for this typeface. For instance, um, we would need a low contrast because uh, coated paper or a very flat paper um, has a tendency to increase the contrast, uh, increase the sharpness of the, of the typefaces. So we kind of incorporate uh, a lot of uh, features in the typefaces that um, come really from the research that we do on the on how the typeface is going to be used, or how we suppose it is going to be used. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, how <laughs> we suppose. I mean, usually you can't really control how it's going to be used, and you might see some horrendous um, things happening with your typeface, but uh, it does help with, with the actual design to have restriction that you put on it, uh, so you, you don't go from... You, you, because you can develop a lot of ideas while you're designing, but then you can you have this filter of okay, I'm I really see this typeface working in uh, low print quality or something like that. So that helps you of filtering your do you, ideas. Do you kind of have to stop yourself from from saying like, well, here's a typeface that can work from everything to, from screen to like low quality newspaper printing? I mean, is this why you focus in so you don't try to take on too much with one face? Yeah, I, I don't think that typeface really exists that would huh. work for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with digital right. typography, people tried, um, or the, uh, the, 
that idea existed, no, that, that, oh yeah, we have now only one font file for absolutely everything, and that's just not true. Uh, traditionally, you had very, very, like, six points, and that looked very different from a 24 point. Yeah. Uh, right. I think now, like Adobe in particular, they do these optical size corrections within a font as a, as a uh, kind of saying, okay, we need to go back, we need to adjust for smaller sizes in particular. Absolutely. And Jose, um, outside of the show, you were talking once about how you design specifically for different printing types um, and how different, you know, you know, obviously the printing methods of laser printing versus offset printing are very different, but how you, like, you were talking about some of the specifics you do when you're creating a typeface, thinking about if it's going to be for laser printing or offset printing. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, well, basically, the, the the problem that I was uh, described, uh, describing then uh, is that um, for testing a typeface, we only have laser printers, really. Um, I mean, uh, unless you have a, an offset press in your backyard. <laughs> um, but uh, then, uh, for instance, if we are designing a typeface that is for um, printing newspapers, uh, we are testing it in a laser printer. I mean, the difference... Uh, in the output of of these two devices is so huge that it really requires you um, to develop uh, like a, a testing method in order to um, in order to foresee some of the problems that the typeface is going to have in the offset press because hmm. I mean both methods of printing are uh, have their own problems but right. um, the main issue is that uh, they are completely different, and the, the output is really, really different. Right. But with experience, I think with experience, you can also predict. Right. No, would you not say, Jose? I mean, well, yes, yes, it's, it's what it's what we're trying to do is uh, trying to um, envision uh, where the, the the most likely problems that the typhus will face in the final printing. Um, yeah. But of and course, we cannot we cannot replicate that on 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 laser print uh, laser printing. No, no, sure. But also, when you uh, we saw quite a few different examples of one of our faces, Carmina, uh, in in different newspapers, and that's really interesting because you see the difference. You know, and they are all newspapers, but uh, I guess different printing presses and, and right. um, different so papers. And different papers, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so from that you can learn, and you 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 can see, oh damn, you know, you should have done it differently or something. <laughs> like that. That's that's my experience quite often with with typefaces that you release, you realize afterwards, oh, actually, perhaps you know, <laughs> I should have done it like that. Right. It's, it's it's like um. Uh, it is also it is also very nice when you see a typeface that you design it for use in in newspaper and it is used in I don't know a huge sign or uh, a logotype mm. or something that is completely different mm -hmm. um, because uh, from seeing the typeface uh, how how it behaves in in other environments uh, then you you can learn a lot uh, as well. Yeah, definitely. It's so interesting that that um, you know type design is seen is seen as as it's become so digital nowadays, you know, 
with Font Lab and, and uh, vectorizing and everything, and some people don't even do hand sketches anymore. Mm -hmm. But but it still it still does have that important quality of hand because of the production methods you guys were just talking about. Like you still have that that older you know more uh, that heritage that's still absolutely important. It's not a it's not a digital um, domain at all. Definitely. Yeah. Have you come up with any of uh, your own methods for, for testing stuff? Like, obviously, you just have the laser printer to print out because you can't offset everything to test it. But have you come out with, like, um, ways to mimic different processes? In, in, I, I, I couldn't. I Basically, I, I found out that it's uh, very hard to mimic anything. Uh, one of the things that I, I often do is uh, try to print um, everything at... Uh, Twice this, I really want to see it, and then take some more distance between you and, and the paper, mm -hmm. um, because uh, in that way you can kind of uh, fix the issue with the resolution of the, of the printer. Mm -hmm. ah. so let's take it back a little bit and uh, ask, how did you guys decide to form Type Together after your, your uh, graduation well, from writing? Well, um, Jose was one year after, well, you did... Um, you did two years, right? Or more? Yeah, more I, I was a, a, a part-timer, part yes, yeah. I was a part-timer. So we kind of started, uh, Jose started a little bit le after me, but we, we overlapped in the summer, so that's how we got to know each other a bit. And um, I don't know, I think we kind of had a similar idea that sooner or later we want to have our own pipe foundry, and um, it seemed like uh, we had, yeah, certain ideas that... that Similar and um, and then was it 2006? No, kind of beginning oh, well, 2006. Yes, uh, yes, beginning of 2006. At the end of 2005, we decided to yeah. finally try and do something. Yeah, just um, and and you had um, Camina as a kind of uh, idea starting, and then there was this um, Tipos Latinos where that was an right. idea of okay, come on, let's let's finish it, or at least part of it, um, for for this exhibition. So it was a good motivation, you know, to, to work on that. And it was a, a challenge in a way because we didn't, we, we weren't, I mean, Jose was in Argentina by the time and I was still in London. So it was a good um, kind of proof that, that we could work together over this yeah, distance right. just via Skype. Yeah worked out quite well. Right, and actually I, I think uh, Carmina was a very nice project for, for a first one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is still uh, a typeface that I, I like very much, and I think the, uh, it is, as you say, Vic, um, it, it was the proof that we could actually develop stuff to, together, uh, yeah. even even though we were living uh, <laughs> thousands of mile, miles yeah. apart. Yeah. <laughs> And you guys still work apart. Is that how, where the name Type Together comes from? Yeah, pretty much. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we we had also this idea that not only we we would um, work together, but perhaps invite other designers and create this kind of platform for them as an opportunity to publish their work, which in the end we did with a couple of our Reading uh, classmates. Well, they were not really classmates, but they were still in Reading. We, we kind of happened to become this uh, Reading nice. foundry. <laughs> yeah, this Reading foundry. Yeah. Interesting. And then, obviously, one of your most well-known faces, it's, you know, it's what I fell in love with when I first found you guys, uh, Brie. Um, right. that's, that's one of few awards, correct? 
Uh, we, uh, I think it, it won um, the Ed Awards, the yeah. European Design Awards, um, uh, just a little while ago. But uh, it, it was uh, very, very successful. And well, still is. Yeah. I still it, need it's to get Yes. Yeah, we seem to have hit uh, some kind of nerve there with that font. It's, it's sometimes not so easily predictable. You know what yeah. is gonna uh, be successful and what not. So. Well, what was the idea to start with? Why did you decide to make this upright italic, italic. very personal face? I guess um, it was I. I it, it was it was uh, your initial uh, drawing for the logotype, Vic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I. To be honest, I don't remember why <laughs> and how. It was just an idea. Perhaps to make it um, well, I wanted well, to con I wanted this connection between um, type and together. So, so I, I developed this idea of the ET ligature, mm -hmm. and I think it came out of um, this kind of handwriting. So it, it just seemed to connect better than um, a normal formal E. And yeah, somehow you know, sometimes these ideas they just come to you without uh, without an intellectual um, explanation behind it. <laughs> and then, but it took us a little while to develop the whole typeface on us. And well, it took us uh, about a couple of years, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely worth it. Um, Thank you. And yes, yeah, and then you guys also expanded upon Helvetica, correct? Yeah. How is that project taking kind of the most ubiquitous typeface in the world and uh, being asked Saying, to hey, extend we wanna, it? Hey, we want to mess with it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Helvetica project was uh, basically uh, an, an, a glyph expansion project. Um, it is um, for, for an organization, and they had, I think it was uh, 21 weights of mm -hmm. Helvetica and they needed to expand them from 256 uh, characters to about 1800 each. Wow. So wow. It, it, it was a total of about 35,000 glyphs that we needed to, to do. Yeah. Uh, it was really, really a lot of work. Um, oh, definitely. Um, it was about eight months, I think, we worked on it. It was eight months, and it was uh, very good in the sense that um, it, during that process, uh, um, we needed to actually find uh, different methods uh, to work faster, because otherwise it was going to take a lifetime. Um, How did you so do that? Did you have like, a, like 10 at a time, maybe for a week, or, or 100 for a week, and you would go through those, essentially? No, not really. no. It was it was well. We did. Uh, we worked with multiple master and with uh, various Python scripts because a lot of them, a lot of these glyphs are composite letters. So, um, say with accents yeah, for various mm. languages. Mm. Um, right. So, so there are ways, technical ways, of making your life a bit easier. Right, uh, and we, we did we did quite a bit of. Um, of researching and, and and producing our our scripts and uh, getting other scripts in, in order to make this faster, um, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that um, we still reuse in our work, and that allows us mm. 
to actually um, once we have uh, some idea about about a typeface to develop it to, to produce it let's say uh, a bit faster. Um, we also wanted to ask about the the Spore project you worked on recently um, for EA. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Veronica? Right. That was a project uh, I was asked to do with um, Pete McCracken, a friend of mine from Portland. And um, that was uh, basically a three weights they wanted. It was supposed to be based on their Spore logo. So they had that done. Okay. So if, if if you see the logo, it's very kind of round and uh, bubbly and all that. Yeah. However, the typeface was supposed to work in in text, so it wasn't just a display thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the pictures I've seen, I mean, I used it a lot in advertising campaigns all over New York, I think, and um, I saw also then in in the actual game they had this really fancy book. Printed, and the funny thing in way that <clears throat> was that I saw, we, we I remember asking, hey, do they not need small caps and italics? Um, how about that? And they said, no, no, not to worry, they don't need that. Oh well, and when I saw that booklet, what did they have? Fake small caps, <laughs> fake italics. <laughs> so you know, sometimes with particular custom clients, it's like uh, running against walls. Uh, they want to save money, or they think they just don't think far ahead enough. <laughs> but they actually might need that, yeah. And then you get all these results. But it was it was a fun project because um, I it was quite different from the the stuff we do at Type Together, where we are a little bit more serious and an actual series of typefaces. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Spore was uh, a little bit more fun. Kind of, um, uh, and that's the kind of thing that does span mediums. I mean, you're working on not even on the web, but like a video game, which is kind of unexpected too. You said they printed yeah. the book, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they did print this whole, um, this whole booklet of uh, explaining how to work uh, that game, which seems to be super complex. I mean, I'm not into video gaming at all, but it seems to be quite interesting and extremely complex. So yeah, so I've actually, I've actually yeah. played that game, and it's a very yeah. interesting, fun game. Yeah, <laughs> I got addicted for about one weekend. Right. <laughs> and then um, a couple of other things too. You guys, do you guys support Typekit? Yeah, we do. And you, already? Yeah, um, I think they sent out um, a kind of a test version to some people this weekend, and we have about three typefaces in there. Oh wow. Can uh, can you talk about that at all? Like, what what's it like? Um, Matt and I did talked about it a few weeks ago, but I don't think we haven't. We don't know any of any of the details at this point. So what? So what would a customer who wants you know to have one of your faces and use Typekit with it? Like, is that isn't it expand? Do they pay an additional fee on top of buying a typeface, or what's the process with that? Jose, do you want to expand on that? Uh, well, yes, but uh, the the problem is I. I uh I, I don't know it for sure. Uh, I understand that it will be like um, like a membership. Um, uh, so th there is no need to buy a license. Uh, customers will be uh, buying memberships to the site, and they can okay. right, and, and they they are able they, they will be available uh, able to to use um, 
some amount of typefaces. Uh, uh, quite honestly, I, I don't know the details yet, but I know that it will be related to memberships and not to uh, purchasing licenses. So they okay. don't even need to own one of your typefaces for print use. They just need to be a no, member and they can no. access. Exactly, right. yeah, exactly. So and I think, think that there will, be, there will be different um, um, models, I guess, as well, of membership. I assume, and I think I think some of them uh, will be free as well for oh. for a time period. Something okay. like that. I think that there will be a free trials. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, um, so since I, you guys I, are a part of it, you guys obviously must think this is a, a like a valuable idea. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it seems this whole kind of uh, discussion about uh, web typography exploded a little bit in the past few weeks. Yeah. yeah there's, there's several proposals happening, and uh, sometimes I feel it's overly complicated for somebody who is not so involved with all the terms like me. But um, it seems like a good thing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody is a bit. Uh, Bored with Verdana and Ariel <laughs> and uh, Georgia, and so it's uh, in a way. I, I hope that it's gonna bring better typography to to the web. However, uh, having a good font is not the only. Uh, it's it's not um, uh, the recipe for having a successful typography. I mean, there's still more to typography than just the font. I mean, it's, of, of course, it's a, it's the best base, but uh, however, you know, how you organize the content and information on the website, I think that's really important. Yeah, so. we're still waiting from a lot for C from CSS3 for kerning and, uh, you mm. know, more, more customability and editability like that. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So is, is Typekit going to be maybe your one avenue into dealing with fonts on the web, or do you have multiple ideas that you kind of support or just like the idea of so far? Yeah, I think, uh, I think at this point uh, we are, in particular in a moment where when we are really trying to look out and see what happens. The next few months uh, will be really, really interesting, and I know that... Typekit will also have some competitors around, um, and uh, in regards to the format and to the form in in which the web the the, the web fonts and are taken to to the internet um, is still a lot that needs needs to be solved really. Okay. Uh, mainly yeah. because uh, of of the issues uh, with licenses and with uh, font piracy, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a good thing to see uh, kind of unfold. You know, we've been watching it for the past few months, like before it even happened. Um, I think mm. about the time we started this show is when you know Matt and I started talking about it and asking, you know, t talking to our guests and asking what they thought when they thought some some new breakthroughs would come. And then you know, a month or two later, everything <laughs> came out. Yeah, it's kind of funny how yeah. quick that yeah. happened. It's a, a good time for it. I think that's all we have. I think we uh, we got our topics covered. So thanks a lot, guys. We really appreciate you, you coming on the show. Thank you guys so Thank much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. Is there uh, anything you guys want to talk about before before we end it? Anything you want to plug? Upcoming projects or anything like that? Any typefaces you really want to talk about? Um, well, our latest one is Adele, um, Slap Serif. Yeah, so well, we we would like to invite everyone to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, you know, at least have a look at it if you you know 
it's uh, it's an I think it's a it's a nice one. It's a bit of a interpretation of classic slap service. So it's not one of those typical American or Western style slaps. It's um, yeah, it has a twist. It, it it has a twist for sure. I do love uh, my slap serves. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And, but we well, have uh, plenty of stuff planned. So. If, there, if anybody wants to keep track, then we are on Twitter and we are on Facebook and we have a newsletter as well. So just Excellent. check our website out. All right. We'll have, to, we'll have to keep in touch. Thank you guys once again. Thank well, you. Well, thank you. As always, you can find us online at readbetweenthelighting.com or rbtl.us. You can also call us at our new number, 209-690-RBTL. You can also text us at that number, too. Either way, we're going to get your messages. And find us on Twitter at RBTL Show or give us an email, readbetweenthelighting at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>